Episode 57 Destruction is coming Genesis 19 verses 1 to 8 I looked, and behold, a door, standing open in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me, saying, Come up here, and I will show you things which must take place after this. Revelation 4, verse 1. Yes, there is a door standing open in heaven, and its access is granted through the precious blood of our Lord Jesus. In the last episode, we heard the Lord's intentions head to Sodom because of the outcry against it. After this, we witnessed Abraham's concern for the righteous within the city and his appeal to the Lord to spare it if just ten people could be found worthy. In this episode, we will discover whether that low number was actually attainable or not. The account begins, The two angels came to Sodom in the evening. The two who were with the Lord and who met and dined with Abraham are the two who have now arrived in Sodom. Twice, the Hebrew word used to describe these two is malachim, or angels. These two are being sent on a duty as messengers. In other words, it is describing their office, not specifically their nature. Because of this, whether they are actually angels or just divine messengers of some other sort cannot be determined. It's evening time and it's probably still hot out. When these same two came to meet Abraham, he was sitting by the door of his tent and it said it was the heat of the day. The time of year had Abraham sitting by the tent door to catch a passing breeze. And the same is probably true with Lot, because verse 1 continues with, Lot was sitting near the city gate and saw them. The gate and walls of ancient Middle Eastern cities were usually built out of stone. And the gate normally had an arched entrance with deep recesses on each side. In these recesses, they built seating, where people could relax, conduct business, judge cases, etc. These recesses would be in the shade and catch any breezes coming through, just as Abraham did at the door of his tent. In Lot's case, he was probably a judge of Sodom. We'll get this from what somebody says to him later. On other occasions, as we get through the Old Testament, we'll see that the elders and judges spent their time at the city gates. Along with being a judge, he was probably a nice guy who figured that anyone coming to the city at evening time would need a place to stay. Sitting here like this might have been his daily habit. He could sit and watch the world pass by and wait on strangers while his family was whipping together dinner. Verse 1 continues, He got up and went to them and bowed face down on the ground. When Abraham fell on his face before the Lord, it was in respect and humility and as a sign of worship. What Lot is doing here is the same, but without the worship. 
There are plenty of examples of people bowing down in front of others while indicating worship. For example, 1 Samuel chapter 20, verses 41 to 42. Take a look. What Lot is doing by bowing down to the two men who show up at the gates of the city is esteeming others better than himself and showing humility even to strangers. This is exactly the same thing that we are asked to do. For example, in Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 to 4, Paul writes, Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind. Let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. In verse 2, Lot said, Sirs, please come to my house and spend the night. There you can wash your feet. Then tomorrow you may continue your journey. The angels answered, No, we will spend the night in the city's public square. Because of the time of day, these guys wouldn't have had time to walk to any other city and they wouldn't be safe sleeping on the open road. This means that they'd sleep in Sodom. But this would be just as dangerous because the people of the time were especially wicked. To ensure their safety, Lot offers his home. Something similar happened in Luke 24 when two of the disciples met and talked with Jesus on the road but didn't know it was him. Then they drew near to the village where they were going and he indicated that he would have gone farther. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to stay with them. Back in our passage, in verse 3, Lot begged them to come to his house. So they agreed, and went to his house. Then Lot prepared a meal for them. He baked bread without yeast, and they ate it. Lot was concerned about the people he was inviting to his home. There was no selfish ambition, and there was no thought of getting paid for his efforts. He was simply a nice guy, taking care of strangers. When the Lord comes at the rapture, he will save all of the righteous, just like Lot. Those left behind will face terrible times, as the world spins into chaos and destruction. People have a choice to make about Jesus. And that choice has real consequences. Lot made a feast for his guests, and the Lord is preparing a feast for his. The question is, will you be joining him? Verse 4. Before bedtime, all the men of the city surrounded Lot's house. These men were both young and old, and came from every part of Sodom. They called to Lot, Where are the two men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us. We want to force them to have physical relations with us. Lot went outside to them, closing the door behind him. He said, No, my brothers, do not do this evil thing. Lot, in an act of true bravery, puts himself between the visitors and these evildoers. He could probably do this because of what happened in the past when there was a battle between the kings of the east and the king of Sodom. When Sodom was defeated, 
Lot was taken captive. But Abraham rescued him and all the people of Sodom and destroyed the armies of the east. Because of this, they were probably scared of harming Lot, and they also may have felt a debt to him. Had this battle not occurred, there is no way he could have faced the crowd as he did. Notice that Lot will do absolutely everything possible to see to the care and safety of his guests, even by putting his own life at risk first, and even at the expense of his own family, as we'll see in verse 8. Think of Jesus. Verse 8 says, Look, I have two daughters. They have never slept with a man. I will give them to you. You may do anything you want with them, but please don't do anything to these men. They have come to my house, and I must protect them. Unfortunately, too many readers today do not think things through, and instead go straight to emotions. One thing is sure, evil was going to ensure. No matter what, Lot knew this, and so he did the most logical thing one could expect. He offered his daughters. Why was this logical? First, they were already engaged to men of Sodom, as, will, as we will discover in verse 14. So, if the crowd accepted the offer, there would be strife within the crowd, which could possibly save the girls. Second, because they were his daughters, it would hopefully get the crowd to reason through Lot's offer and feel ashamed at their own actions. There is no proof that he actually would have given his daughters over to them. Third, the girls were part of Abraham's extended family, and so they would have to reason before actually doing anything, that the man who destroyed four kings with their armies lived just a couple of miles away and would be merciless in his destruction of them. And finally, an offer of women would be contrary to the very nature of the rule of the mob that he was facing. In all, Locke's decision is by far the best course of action for the safety of all involved including his girls. Sometimes the most unexpected course of action brings about salvation. Think about Jesus. He died so that we may live. He came between our sin, penalty, and God's divine judgment. No one against God thought that that was the logical solution to the problem we all have with our sin. This is in part because sin blinds our ability to think logically. And also, logic is lower in authority than God's. The Bible is God's word, and we are being challenged to surrender to God's authority when we read and think about its author. Jesus is pictured here as the man at the gate, standing, watching and waiting for the foreigners in need of refuge to receive an invitation to call on his work and find rest and safety. Will you come to him and worship your creator as your saviour? 
Even so, Lord Jesus, come. Hallelujah and Amen.